Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're very welcome to Friday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. You have heard the news. I'm sure that Mr. Ryan Tuberty will present a brand new show on Virgin Radio in London, simultaneously on our sister station, Q102 in Dublin. And he's joining us on LMFM Radio with a brand new weekend show from January. I can't believe I'm saying hello to a colleague in the wireless group. Hey, Ryan Tuberty. Sherry Kelly, good morning. And (laughs) who, isn't it funny after all these years... Uh, that I was wandering around the highways and byways of Irish radio. It was only a matter of time before I'd end up on LMFM where I, where I hope our friends listening in today go, good man, welcome aboard. Uh, you know, and, and it's a privilege actually. Um, and thank you for letting me come in and invade your airtime. Ryan, congratulations. A new era beckons for you in London. I'm sure you're more than excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's a lovely mix of things, isn't it? Because you've got this sense of London, which is where the big Virgin show will come from and feed into Q102 in Dublin and beyond. And then... The weekends, then on different stations around the place. So it's it's I, I'm like a I'm like a, a one man Anglo Irish agreement here, uh, covering the two islands and and trying to keep things uh, going and, and have some fun along the way. Here's the thing, Ryan. There's a great synergy, isn't there, between ourselves here in Ireland and the UK. So there's not a whole lot to adjust, really. Yeah, exactly. And that's a really good point because you know I've been over there um, in London a lot of a lot recently. And chatting with Chris Evans, obviously, who a lot of people will know from his days on TGI Friday and and more recently as you know on the radio, and really, it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of talking. And I think it's going to be a slightly people see a different side to me and hear hear a different side to me, particularly in Ireland where they've they're used to hearing an RTE version of me, which is pretty straight. Um, I'm not like that really in real life. Um, I mean, the radio definitely was more like me. The TV was a version of me. But it's quite hard when you have all that legacy and all the pre- predecessors' uh, stories there, rightly so. Um, so this was this. I just feel a bit more unleashed now, and uh, to be unleashed at this stage of my life, it's like it's it's like getting another throw of the dice. Actually, it's lovely. Yeah, it's really liberating. In a way, Ryan, you're pushing an open door, aren't you? When you reflect on your predecessors, the likes of Terry Wogan and Graham Norton, who the folks in the UK have really taken to their hearts. For sure, I think about Terry Wogan particularly a lot because I met Terry in London and we got on very well and he was very generous with his uh, words of advice and um, and he was somebody I, I used to watch on his TV show at night and then laterally listen to him on the radio on BBC Two. Um, so yeah I, I wish he was around today I'd love to have a glass of wine with him and say what do you think and you know uh, but look at I, I'll be thinking of him uh, when I kick off in January for sure yeah great guy January is close at this stage and of course you have Christmas in between and I yeah. know you love Christmas I do will, will you be able to enjoy it in the new year you know thinking about your lift off yeah I will I think I'll enjoy it more than ever because I went into this year uh, not expecting Anything, <laughs> anything insane to happen. <laughs> what a fool. <laughs> the best laid plans of mice and men. Yes. Um, so, uh, and then I'm ending the year with this joyful vibe. Um, and also I've come out of the year, um, you know, forged in battle. Uh, and I've, I've learned so much about myself as a person. I've learned about so much about what's important uh, in a way I mightn't have had before. I have an appreciation for family and friendship in a way 
I always did actually, but it's even more heightened and for opportunity and for mm. resilience. And, mm. and I feel for people, I, people's stories interest me more even because, you know, they'll say, oh, well, you know, something happened to me in my life. And I'd love to hear. Uh, so, yeah, it makes it, it, it makes it's, it's been humbling. Uh, and it's been uh, it's been infuriating <laughs> and it's been heartening. Lovely words and uh, really life situations bring all of that back to us and bring us back to basics well, as well. You know, and it's they? perspective as yes, well. I think is. perspective is something that's really important. And um, I think that you look around and you see people's stories and how difficult uh, they have. They have it. It could be financially, it could be a sick child, it could be and you just go, well, look at, now, look, that's problematic. That's a problem. And you've got to appreciate that and you've got to admire these people for pulling through and having to function as human beings as well. So look, at, um, not to go on about that, suffice to say, uh, 2020, this is going to be a lovely Christmas, a very meaningful Christmas. It's, it's lot, there's a lot of George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life, my favourite film in this Christmas. And then the new year is all about the next chapter and I am ready. You mentioned children there yeah. and uh, this day, this Friday, you're with me on late lunch yes. and tonight is the toy Tonight's show. Tonight's the toy show and you know what, I'm heading off after this chat to uh, to Clifton to, to light the lights in Connemara. Clifton's very good to me this summer and as a place I'm delighted that they asked me to do that and uh, it's the first time in 14 years I won't be presenting the toy show so I'll miss it a little bit but not that much in the sense that I had my fun and I loved it somebody else is going now and I wish Paddy all the very best I wish the children the best the team behind the scenes the best it's going to be a great night I hope all your listeners enjoy it and particularly the children listening in the back of the car tonight probably on their way to get treats and and that's what I used to always say to the kids on this day on this very day is you're the bosses tonight you know so make sure you get all the pizza all the jellies all the good stuff that and, and and your parents will be peeling you off the ceiling tonight. And to the parents of Ireland and to to the listeners, I say you're welcome. Um, and good luck with that. <laughs> and happy Christmas. Imagine having a Friday toy show off for the I first know, time in I years know, and I years. I may be having what's called a pint of Guinness uh, this <laughs> evening. And I, boy, oh boy, am I looking forward to that. My God, I'd love to join you for oh, that, yeah, Ryan, yeah, right. I have to say. But look, from everybody in LMFM Thanks, listening Jerry. today in the North East, we welcome you on board the team in yeah. the radio station, uh, joining us in January with your new show, Best wishes with it. Best wishes with your new job in Thanks. London as well. It's great to have you with us well, on Late Lunch today. Thank you for having me on Late Lunch today. And any time we've brought in the past, I've travelled with radio shows or what have you, through the areas that your show broadcasts to, we've always been in the northeast. always been welcome. I've done more selfies in that part of town than anywhere else. And people have been kind. And, and that's what this, that's the word of the month for December as we head into it is kind. Kindness is king. And thank you for your time today, Jerry. Good to see you. It's my pleasure, Ryan. Best wishes. Thank you. Yes, he's joining us in January on LMFM Radio. I have a number of messages in already saying great to hear his voice back on the airwaves and you will hear him more uh, for sure at the beginning of 2024. Ryan Tuberty with a new weekend show coming here on LMFM Radio. Well, what do you say about last evening? (laughs) Oh, it's Black Friday. It's a Black Friday in in Dublin. It's a Black Friday in Dublin for sure. Uh, But for an entirely different reason. One we didn't expect. Uh, We're talking about it next on Late Lunch. Black Friday it is, but certainly Black Friday in Dublin. When you see what went on, I couldn't believe what I was watching as the pictures unfolded from Dublin City Centre last night. I visited often, go up and meet friends. I've never seen anything like that. I really haven't. And we think of the poor child fighting for its life in hospital today. It all began with this, the attack on the children at the school. And then people decided to get involved from a different perspective. You know, I I watched early on and this radical group of thugs and criminals appeared and began with immigration. But what happened subsequently was just unbelievable. I was just thinking, you know, who are these people? What are their backgrounds? There's plenty of footage. There's lots on social media. And I want to say something about that. Social media has an awful lot to answer for. People are being radicalised through social media and the internet. And it's an area that's got to be focused on now. And you're going to pick up the identities of lots of these people there. Who are they? What do they do? What do they work at? Do they work? If they don't work, are they dependent on the state? I'm not saying that. Perhaps they are 
employed all over the place and have jobs or whatever. We need to find out who they are and what their backgrounds are. The Gardaí did really well. They did in the circumstances because they were caught short. They never probably expected anything like this to happen. But the response was excellent. And I have to admire their bravery as well. But you know something? They need more. And in my opinion, I would arm the Gardaí. I absolutely would. I think the day is gone where you can stand up to people who are coming at you with everything and anything and you're not prepared for them. I would arm the force. I say this. Like all, most of the police forces in the world, it's time, it really is time to look at that. I know we have the ERU, but it's not enough now. You can see that in the circumstances. These people are not afraid. There's no deterrent. There has to be force met with force. It's as simple as that. There is no other way. They don't know anything else. They're fearless. Watch them. Watch them in the pictures. But I commend the people who went to the aid of the child yesterday and people of all nationalities. Well done to them. They did a great job. And that's a real positive side of this. But that mob last night, that mob of thugs and criminals, I want to say this to people listening today. They're a small minority in this country, but we can't allow them dictate we got to get in there, sort them out and stop this. Because you see, this is a great country. We are a welcoming, loving, caring people, the vast majority of us. And that's the country I want to live in and I'm sure you want to live in too. You want to be able to go safely about your business on the streets. Yes, we have problems. What country hasn't? Lots of problems, but we work to sort them out. Regardless of our politics and our views, we've made great progress in just over 100 years in this little country of ours. We are a young nation. But as the Manic Street preacher said in that famous song, if you tolerate this, your children will be next. Remember that. On another front as well, our prisons are pretty full at the moment. And if we need more capacity, perhaps it's time as well now to look at the reopening of Spike Island if we need more capacity to hold people who need to be taught a real lesson here. Anyway, I condemn out of hand what happened last night. It is not Ireland. Ireland, it was disgraceful scenes that went out all over the world. But we've got to deal with this and deal with it fast. I have a man waiting on the line. You know him well from his LMFM days here. Paul Egan was in Dublin city centre last night. Paul, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing? Good afternoon to you, Ger. Thanks very much for taking our call. You were in the city centre. Describe. Yeah, can I just put a question yeah. to you before before I yeah. start? You called for the cops to be armed, right? Mm. Um, how many cops do you think would have died last night if they were armed? Um, I, I don't think any would. Okay, because uh, the the feeling appears to be that if the guards are armed, they end up fighting fire with fire. And they police by consensus. So, uh, you know, it's a it's a very broad call, but I think it needs a li- lot more Oh, no, I, absolutely. Uh, I accept that. Mm. But but I, I go to London. I go to New York. I've been lucky yeah. enough to be able to... I go to Spain. I go to Italy. Yeah. They're armed. They're armed everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I, I, I understand that. But I worked in London a long time ago, Jerry, And uh, I worked in a situation where there were a lot of anti-terror police. Mm. Uh, and I got to know a lot of them and no one would even talk to them everybody hated them except the paddies and they were meant to be watching us Mm. Uh, there's a different relationship with the police when they have guns than with the Gardaí at present I'm not suggesting for a moment that the Gardaí don't need more powers of course they do Mm. but the call for them to be given guns I think at this stage is kind of, I know it's your programme and I know I'm insulting you, but it's a bit of a knee-jerk <laughs> reaction, not, Jerry, you're not, you know, you're, you're not a, it's not very well thought out now. No, no, will I tell you, you're not insulting me at all. That's my point of view and you're entitled to yeah. your point of view as yeah, well yeah, and yeah, other yeah, people yeah. listening to us are as well. Yeah. It's only yeah. my opinion on this. Now, we have the ERU who are armed and let me tell you this, Paul, if you yeah. want an example, where I sit here in Drogheda with the drug situation we had, it took yeah. the ERU an armed response to... Sort that situation. And now it, yes, I can understand you know. that. But you see, there's whole there's whole areas of Irish society that have been neglected by the ruling classes, mm. and they're left in there at night. And the, you know, the law and order will come in once or twice a day to see everything is okay, and then wander off. And all these people are left on their own, and the only ones that can protect them are the local thugs. 
So we got to bring them people in from the cold a little, and we got to, you know, yes. look after these people oh, oh, listen. as well, rather than the criminals look after yeah, them yeah, and, and police them I, in their I, own yeah, evil I, way. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, as I said, if you heard me saying there, we have issues in this country and big issues yeah, to be dealt yeah. with, and they need and they underpin a lot of what's happening. I see that. But yeah. last night, come back to last night. You were there. What did you see? Well, I I I, I live in in, in Rakarn, just outside Trim. And I always take the bus to Dublin. I was going to a concert last night. It was starting at 8 o'clock in the Workmen's Club. So I took the 4 o'clock bus. Um, I didn't know what way it went after uh, it left the uh, road, the M3. But he, he managed to get into the city centre anyway and avoid completely the all around Parnell Square in that area. Now, I, was, I didn't know anything was happening. I had no clue anything was happening. I just knew the bus was diverted. And then I learned about these horrible issues. So when the busman dropped me, I walked down uh, Talbot Street. I was conscious of the fact that a few of the shops were closing early. I walked over to the GPO and then down Mary Street to Cable Street. I met my friend. We went for uh, a meal and we went over to Temple Bar. We were down in the basement in Temple Bar waiting for the concert to start and all of a sudden it was cancelled. Quarter to nine. I didn't know why it was cancelled. And then we were told it was all sorts of hassle outside. So I went down and I said, I'm going to get out of town. I was going home at a quarter past 11, but I was going to leave, leave town early. And I tried walking to Bus Oris, and that's when my problem began. I walked down the Keys on the south side, and there were lots of blue lights, and I said no. So I walked down the Keys on the north side, and I walked into the Garda Riot Squad. So I took a trip down Liffey Street and up Abbey Street. The Lewis tracks were burning, literally burning. And further behind the Lewis tracks, across by Supermax, were lots of guards who hadn't got the riot gear, who seemed absolutely terrified, who were shouting at everybody. And I had to go back again. And I made my way up through the Bridewell. And I finally walked, and I got a bus at half past 11 uh, in Ashtown. And there were people wandering all over the place. They didn't know where it was going or what was going. And they were wandering around like headless chickens. But in fairness, there was no... uh, marauding bunches of idiots running around wrecking the place mm. that I could see at that stage but O'Connell Street was a no-go area Yes and when you think of you know the issue about policing in the city centre it's been on the table you know since yeah, summertime yeah. of that as well and now this yeah. moves to a different uh, level um, yeah. you, you know you, you alluded there to you know what you think about it but will more guard a presence in the city centre deter this? Well, of course it will, because who's going to commit a crime in front of the Garda? But you see, what happens there is the crime rate drops, and then people say, what are all these guards doing around here? We don't need them. There's no crime. Let's get rid of them. Yeah. There, uh, there's an underbelly in Irish society who feel deprived or are deprived or are neglected. And I remember 25 years ago having a conversation with a guard in Navin, and I was asking him, was there any way that you could tell from kids growing up from their influences, from whatever, what they were going to turn out like. And he said to me, I don't know, he said, but he said, look, he said, I was arresting a fella the other morning, he says, and there was a three-year-old kid kicking me under the bed saying, get out, you bastard, get out, you bastard. He says, how do you think that kid is going to turn out? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So these people are kind of tagged from birth. Yeah. And, and, and they, yet, they and, have no future. And, and yet, Paul, when I tell you, I grew mm. up in a very working class family. We didn't have much. Yeah. My dad yeah. worked hard. My mother was at yeah. home. We had yeah. we had little comforts, really, but we were happy. Yeah. And we, yeah. we got on. There is a fundamental change. If you look at this country, the way people and I'm, I'm not taken away from people who are struggling. Okay. But by God, we have a society with a support system that is, is very good. If you look elsewhere yeah. or, or look back yeah. in history, you know what I mean? So, you yeah, know, yeah. you have to take but that into not, consideration it's not, about, too. it's not about supporting them all the time with money. There's a lot more mm. needed than, than money. It's about being seen. Yeah. It's about giving them opportunities. Yes. There's not equal opportunities for people from the wrong side of the tracks to progress. Mm. You know, they they need a lift. Mm. <laughs> you know, they they yeah, don't get it. Yeah, but here's but the... I'm not suggesting that that's a reason for yes. all of this. I'm yes. just saying there's an underbelly. These people are clearly not afraid of the guard. I mean, if a guard stops me uh, at something in, in the evening in my car, I, you know, I, I get nervous and me I've too. done nothing wrong. Me too. See, that's, that's the background I come from. My yeah. father's greatest wish in life was that the police would never come from the, to the door. Yes. 
But these people have no respect at all for law and order. Yeah. No respect at all. And, and Paul, that is a big issue and we'll have to pick up on that again because time's going to beat me. As you know, having yeah. sat in this seat, it's coming up to the top of the hour. No. But look, at the, on. at the... One, one little thing, one little thing, Kerry. One. I managed to get home because the 111 bus was running, right? Mm. And they were the only buses running in the city. All the Dublin bus had left us. Yeah. Everybody. I hung around for a long time, but eventually one guy drove me to Trim at half 11. I got him at Ashtown. I was extremely grateful for that. Him and a 109 and an NX were the only other buses I saw, but particularly the Trim at by bus. And I was really grateful for him. Because I thought I was going to sleep in the bus shelter till six o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done to uh, yeah. that driver and all concerned there. Paul, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Take care, Jared. Bye Take bye. care, bye-bye. Paul Egan there of this parish on your late lunch. Thanks for your comments to the show. Jerry. on a night when people in the capital should have gathered with candles and prayer and hope, these people did what they did. I'm ashamed to say this, but last evening, for the first time in my life, I was ashamed to be Irish. The land with a thousand welcomes. Not last evening, says a listener there. I like this one from Anya. Anya says, Jerry, give the guardy body cams. Well, that would sort out the uh, mobile phone brigade going round and filming selectively. I, I agree with you there 100%. I'd give them more, as you know. I said earlier on, I certainly would. Jim's been on to say, thanks, Jim. It's shocking what happened in Dublin yesterday. But to be honest, the final result will be that when they appear in court, they'll get fines and possibly a small jail time suspended if you behave good for a few months. The laws are an ass, says Jim. He doesn't feel guns are the answer either. Thanks indeed for that. Uh, Put them away for years instead, instead of mollycoddling them, says Jim. Thank you indeed. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets us on the show. Now, just reminding you that the New Look Punchestown Winter Festival takes place tomorrow and Sunday and our friends at the race course have given me a weekend pass to give to one of you today. I have a weekend pass. We'll organise it for you quickly, I promise. And remember, it's the real start of the festive season in Punchestown. A weekend packed with brilliant racing, family fun, live music, festive food and they even have a special edition shopping village. Check it out. It'll be great in Punchestown this weekend. Now, I'm going to give that weekend pass and the usual prize to the person that can identify the TV theme. Let's have a listen to it. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, I so love that show. What is the name of the TV show that that song, famous song, is the theme from? It's book time on Late Lunch and she's standing by patiently. Irene Gahan from Academy Books. Welcome back to the show. I am, Jerry. Hi, how are you? Happy Friday. And happy Friday to you too. Thanks so much for joining us, Irene, on the show. Let's talk books for the next wee while. Your book of the month is by Mr. John Boyne. Yes, my book of the month is Water by John Boyne, and it's the first of four um, novellas. Now, it's, they, he says novellas, but it, it's a book. It's a solid book in itself. <laughs> um, but it took me two days to inhale it. Like, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it's a while since that's happened. I haven't, and I haven't read a lot of his earlier work, um, other than The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. I've read The Echo Chamber and All the Broken Places, which I both loved. But water is more of, I think, what John Boyne's exceptional with, um, really good writing. Mm. It's about a, a lady called Vanessa Carvin who arrives on an island, but she changes her name and tries to change her identity entirely. Yeah, so she's she's kind of on, she's arrives on the island and she's changed her name. She's trying to be, she's sort of on the run for her past. And kind of like an onion, we get layers revealed to us kind of over the course of the novella. Um, without giving you know, too much away, you know, without giving too much away, but it looks at a crime, shall we say, from a different perspective, as in a family member, as opposed to sort of the perpetrator or that kind of thing. Um, and obviously, not giving too much away, but she's there to kind of question. Well, first of all, to hide and get away from all the drama, but also 
to question, did she know? How much did she know? Was she just keeping the peace to kind of not upset her lovely middle class social standing, leafy suburb? Um, or, you know, did she have an inkling that there was something there all along? And, and kind of, I suppose, I'll ask the question of if we were in that situation, what would we do? Yes. Um, and I loved it. I absolutely enjoyed it. But one of the, there's a line in it, water has been done the undoing of me. It has been the undoing of my family. I just think it's a lovely line. Mm. There's a lot of mental torture, it's fair to say, for this woman as she reflects as well, as you say there, on what has happened in her life. Would you describe it, and I've seen it uh, uh, described elsewhere as, you know, a a disturbing story of betrayal, uh, uh, damage done, but also of renewal, and somebody saying it, it wasn't really a comfortable read. Is that what it's about? No, it's not a comfortable read at all. I I don't think it is. It's kind of renewal. I don't necessarily. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's a recovery more than anything right. else. I think it's. It's dark, um, and there are shades of um, Liz Nugent in there. Um, I think it's very. Um, there's an awful lot of topics in there that I mean I'm not a fan of putting you know warnings on books, but there are a lot of as the onion is peeled away. There's mm. an awful lot going on, um, but I just. You know, I think it's, you can't get away from it. I mean, look at the news uh, where we are now. Um, I I just think it's brilliant. Uh, Just having, but also having to wait now till May for the next one. (laughs) Um, It's killing you. And it is uncomfortable reading, but fabulously written. There you go. Book of the Month, Irene Gahan on late lunch this month is Water by John Boyne. She absolutely loved it. And if Irene Gahan says she absolutely loved it, you can be sure it's fabulous. Let's move on to your second selection today. Well, the, well, let me tell you, anyway, the, the guy who wrote this is better known as uh, one half of the Rubber Bandits, Blind Boy uh, Boat Club. But the name of the book, Topo... Go on, go on, Irene, pronounce it's it. Topographia Hibernia. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I got tongue-tied there. Topographia Hibernia is right. It's a funny name, isn't it? Well, I think it's, it's he borrowed it from a, something to do with a 12th century manuscript, English yes. manuscript of a description of... The English description, like English, say, like upper class of an Irish, you know, lower class as they perceive yes. it to be. So I think it's borrowed it from that, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, but it's just been released this month. So it's it's a collection of short stories. So I'm dipping in and out of it at the moment. And I'm, I'm not normally a short story fan. Um, and I kind of like not to have to you know, check my, <laughs> check Google every now and again for what he's meaning because mm. it's written in a Hiberno-Irish, sorry, with the Limerick slang. <laughs> um, but it's it's surprising. I, I mean, it is impressive. It, it's yeah. storytelling of Irish culture as it is, warts and all, I, I think. Um, you know, and yes, I did have to search Google. <laughs> I did have to go to Google. But it's, I think it's essentially, I, I describe it as a history lesson um, yeah. that, that might appeal to younger people who may not know some of the idiosyncrasies of Irishness sort of since the inception of the state, if that, if yes. that kind of describes it, if that makes sense. Would you need to be Irish to appreciate this book? I, I think you might struggle a little bit with the language and yeah. the slang, but but it, anyone who has any relationship with Ireland or any grow for Ireland for all intents and purposes, they will get it. Does that make sense? They yeah. will. They will absolutely get it. Um, the, uh, like yourself, I, I, the, the stories that are in it, there are some fascinating ones, really. The, the obvious ones, the crumbling of the Catholic Church is in there for sure, taking the boat to Liverpool, the abortion issue. But it, one, one that jumped at me from it was the story of the owl boys that exist in every gym in Ireland acting like yes. they're still 25. I love it. <laughs> yes, there's a lot to be said for that one, I have to say. But it's, it's true, He he he's very acutely able to to take something um to to take as you say take the alpha in the gym i think yeah. you know in his 50s or whatever thinking he's 25 you know and and oh and just really give us you know an irish unveiling as it were and, and like kind of the stark reality of it i mean i think for me the 
you know, the Catholic Church thing was a big, you know, reading that, I suppose, looking backwards now, I mean, the taking the, taking the ferry um, was mm. always, you know, would always have been a term, yes. you know, that I would have know, I would have heard, you know, that kind of way in hushed tones mm. and, you know, the Catholic. So I think everyone will get something from it yes. um, and they'll enjoy the stories. But I think a lot of younger people um, probably, you know, they wouldn't. I found myself actually explaining one of the stories to my 23 year old. Mm. And he was like, wow, OK, that's. Okay, like he, I, even trying to explain to a 23-year-old the Irish affinity, say, for example, with Palestine and, and why does it sort of that extra affinity there, even trying to explain like subtleties of Irishness and Irish DNA, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, it, you know, it's, 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 quite a, uh, it's quite a very defined thing, mm, you know. Mm, uh, anyway, a series of short stories. It's going down the trees and I, Irene loves it as well. Topographia Hibernia by Blind Boy Boat Club, one half of Rubber Bandits, is recommended by Irene. Your final choice today, well, I'm familiar with this one because she joined me on Late Lunch just last week, Dr. Marie Cassidy and her first novel, Body of Truth, you like. I absolutely loved it. And you know what? It reminds me of sort of an early Patricia Cornwell with a Dublin twist. <laughs> um, now, it's her, it is her debut fiction. And um, we had Beyond the Tape, which I thought was absolutely excellent. And, and I should say, I did want to study forensics um, when I was in the early 90s, because I do love the gory and the gruesome. And, and there's a little bit of gory and gruesome just in terms of the post-mortem itself in the actual book. But it's not too bad. But I... I you know, it look, it ticks all the boxes. The you know, the character Terry O'Brien's arrived from Glasgow to Dublin as a new safe pathologist and I think it If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Has obviously echoes of her own career in there, and she, you know, she'd have some amazing mm. characters to pull from, you know. Um, I think writing a crime is kind of, you know, nearly a, a formula, if that makes sense, and, and such a popular one in Ireland. I think we do crime really well. Um but it has a backstory, her tragedy, why she left Glasgow under a great cloud. I'm not going to give too much away. Her dad was also in the police. And she's basically about to repeat the same incident, um, investigating beyond a remit <laughs> of the murder of a podcaster whose speciality is crime yes. um, and specifically missing women. So um, it's, you know, 
I think it's it's interesting. She ticks all the boxes. I think, you know, a fling with a senior detective, bad vibes with her boss, colourful colleagues. Um, you know, I think she does give a little bit more insight than most, more mm. of a realistic insight than most yeah. into kind of the inner workings, you know. But yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and, and so did I, I have to say. And, and she was great fun last week when she joined me. And I put some of those <laughs> things where it was, uh, you know, some of those uh, saucy stories herself. And she was laughing, you know what I mean? She didn't answer one way or the other. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> She told me that it took nearly two years or so, you know, to write it. And it's our first effort at this. It's very good for a first one. And I take it, I sort of sussed that there'll have to be a follow-up. She's left the door open anyway. So you love this first effort from Dr. Marie Cassidy? I think it's, I think it's a really solid effort. And I think if you're into forensic crime and if you're into forensics, if you're into, you know, that genre... Yep. Look, it's the start of something, I think, the start of something to come. Oh, that's great. Mary Cassidy, Dr. Mary Cassidy, Body of Truth, recommended by Irene Gahan from Academy Books in Southgate. You've got to support this woman and her shop and her business and all small businesses on the run into Christmas. we got to back them because when the bookshops are gone and the record shops and everything else, we'll be crying into our spilt milk and it's too late at that stage. Anyway, I'll be up to see you before the Christmas. Is that all right? You will indeed. (laughs) God bless you. Thank you for joining me on the show, Irene. Thanks, Jerry. Take Take care. care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Irene Gahan there from Academy Books in Southgate bringing you three wonderful recommendations on your late lunch. I want to say a huge well done to St. Margaret's Celtic Supporters Club. They are the most fantastic people. I just see the pictures from yesterday. They were over in the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre and from their big uh, dinner they held recently, they gave the centre €5,000 and also another €1,000 to Crumlin Children's Hospital. €6,000 they raised. Isn't that fantastic, Louise? They're wonderful. I have to say about them, Adrian Hillman, my own son-in-law, Kieran Flynn and all the gang there, they're fantastic people. They really do give back to the community and that's a wonderful gesture. Well done to all concerned. Congratulations to you. Much appreciated in the Kelly Centre and in Crumlin Hospital as well. Now we have an update. Ready? Hear you, hear you. Breaking news (laughs) on late lunch. The Christmas pea tree is gone. It's gone. gone. I couldn't save it. I couldn't save it. I went home uh, last night and thanks to everybody. I tried Febreze. I tried pouring. It kind of had a, you know, a snowy look about it. So I tried pouring bicarbonate soda all over it. Okay. Um, And no, no, it couldn't. It was absolutely, couldn't get rid of the smell. And then I was kind of going, right, I think it's time to go out. And I was still kind of, mm, maybe, maybe leave it another day. And then my daughter came down and said, when Santi comes this year, can he leave my presents over here? And can he leave Cormac's presents over there? At which point the seven-year-old said, I can say this, can't I? Um, My seven-year-old said, no, I don't want my presents near the pissy tree. (laughs) So... um, it's it's gone. It's out the door. It's in it's 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 in the bin. Oh God Almighty! On the search for a new tree. How long? Yeah. Had, how long had you got that tree? Um, six years. Hey, you got a good spin mm. out of it. I have to I'd say, get more out of it if it wasn't for that. I being know. Cat. I know. But next, oh, so you're blaming the cat? Well, now. I think the it's the cat. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So you have to purchase a new. And you're doing your research. You're not sure yet. You have a few irons in the fire, have you? Yeah, Yeah, we have a vote at the minute on should the LMFM staff... We'll 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 have an update for you on Monday when the new tree arrives. (laughs) I'll take a picture. Yeah, yeah, and let us know. What's what? You have no tree for the tie show? Well, I have a little tree. Little tree, it'll be fine. (laughs) She's a twig. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tie enough uh, roses onto the twig and they'll be all happy and be fine. I love it, I love it. (laughs) Breaking news, the pea tree in uh, Carl and is gone so that's it <laughs> and it, it is to be replaced anyway let's have another laugh on late lunch right now knock knock who's there that's how it works it's called comedy 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 sir comedy classic comedy classic comedy on the late lunch I love comedy every dad in this room has aspirations and you can't help but live your life through your kids and and you see you see it when you go to football matches. Like I'm a big, I'm a big Liverpool supporter. Yeah. To be honest, it doesn't matter whether you cheer or boo. I'm 42. I'm not going to get bullied. <laughs> and if I, if you do, I'll just phone Childline. But I, I am. I, <laughs> you know what? This is true. This I actually. 
I actually was at a charity auction about, uh, about three weeks ago, and they were, they were uh, selling off at this charity auction the opportunity to be a mascot at Anfield. And I kept on bidding, I kept on bidding, and it was getting close between me and another fella. And it got to the point where they said, look, we're going to have to have a word with you, because only one of you is going to win it, and this is getting a little bit silly. And he turned to me, and he said, OK, we're going to have a word with the both of you. He turned to the other fella, he said, the child who will be the mascot, how old is he? He said, eight. He turned to me, he said, the child who will be the mascot, how old would he be? I said, they're 42. I was so desperate to walk out of the match all nuns with Steven Gerrard like that. Because <laughs> it's a dream. And it's a dream that never ends. It's a dream that never ends. That's what women don't understand. Women don't understand that men live in two worlds. We live in this world, the one that you see, and the other one, the one that's in our head. The one where everything's still possible. I would say now that there's men in this room still waiting to get bitten by a spider to find out you've got superpowers. <laughs> that's what we're like. That's why when you go to football games, you always see fat, bald, middle-aged men wearing replica football kits. And you know the first time they put that shirt on, you know they looked in the mirror and thought, there's still a chance. <laughs> And that's what we're like. I go to Anfield, there'll be 47,000 people there, 20,000 of them will be fat, bald, middle-aged men wearing replica football kits, waiting for that one day that Rafa Benitez walks out, looks around and goes, oh, we've only got ten men. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, fat Eddie looks like he'll do a job. Isn't he absolutely brilliant, John Bishop there? And the reason I uh, remind you about John famous Liverpudlian comedian. He's just announced that he's going back on tour. He hasn't been doing much for the last few years at all. Uh, and he's huge links, of course, with Ireland here. Uh, we're hoping that he will be on the uh, the claw for the tour next year because he's so clever. He's so brilliant. He's so observant. Yes, every man wants to think that they still will be able to pull on that jersey and go out and give it all for their favourite side. But it ain't always the case. Irene sorted out the books earlier and as is our want most Fridays now when we do this Rick arrives with the wines Rick Grange great to see you again you too Jerry. thank, thank you. you very much for joining me on the show today we're doing comparisons between Northern and Southern Hemisphere uh, in this series with you and again today you've picked a couple of red wines we want to say a big thank you to First and last in Jonesboro, who've provided the Reds today. Yes, absolutely, Jerry. Lovely place to go. Lovely place indeed. They look after you for sure. So let's begin with your first selection today, which is a Northern Hemisphere wine. What have you brought to us? Yeah, this is from uh, Spain. And um, uh, it's, for me, a stunning blend, Jerry. Tempranillo and Shiraz. Made in uh, heaven, the match, is absolutely. it? Absolutely. I, I, I can't think the last time I had something like this. In fact, I really can't come across. But anyway, um, and it's from uh, Valde Peñez in uh, Spain and Felix Solis, very, very well-known uh, brand name there now. Now, they were founded in 1975. Uh, he started with his wife, Eleanor. And um, today it's one of the biggest family-owned wineries in the world that's rapid growth from 75 um, even, isn't it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, and he's got some of the most advanced technology and facilities in stock as well. I mean, he's got a facility that's automated and temperature controlled. 130,000 barrels. That's 29 million litres, Jerry. I don't think he'll miss a litre if we go in there. Oh, oh my, oh my, not not at all. That's vast, it has to be said. And he vast. also, you were telling me as well, he has uh, side agreements in, in other parts of the world with others. He does, Jerry, all over the world. Uh, Chile, New Zealand, South Africa, um, uh, Argentina, um, you know, everywhere just about. Um, the last time I checked, he was exporting to something like 115 countries. You know, just a vast expansion. He's doing something right, that's yeah, for sure, when you, when you consider all, all of this. Jerry. And the, yeah. the thing is, he's really highly rated when it comes to a world and a Spanish 
context, isn't he? Yes, he is. In 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 the world, the uh, the world ranking of wines and spirits, it's a body that that do these uh, rankings, and he's number six out of one hundred in the world. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Right up there. Yeah. And then uh, he's number two in Spain. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you, you go. Know. So uh, the, the, the background there just tells you you're dealing with class. With class is right. Okay. Yes. So what's on the bottle? Tell us the name on the bottle. Yeah. Mucho mas. I, I believe it. it means a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Mucho mas. Yeah. We love that. We beautiful. love that saying. Mucho mas. I really yeah. do love it. A beautiful uh, label. All in black and the writing in white. And um, this is now a no vintage. Now, that's what I wanted to ask you because I have a question mark behind that. NV. What does that mean? That means no vintage. And what that means is that the grapes are from different seasons, different years. Okay. And when you do that, according to the laws of the wine, you have to label it as no vintage. So when you see a year, that means it's harvested and produced in that particular Particular year. year. Okay, you have a a wee dram in a glass there for me. Yes, I do, Jerry. Now, what I wanted to do is just um, give you, actually, I'm going to give you two drops from the same one. Now, this if you wouldn't mind trying that very first okay. one, that's straight from the bottle. Okay. And then this one has been in the glass for about 10, 15 minutes. Well, I can tell you, straight from the bottle, it's yes. just, oh God almighty. It's beautiful. Oh, there's a, there's a, I'm getting a little bit of, oh, I don't know what I'm getting, but it's sensational. The fruit yeah. in that, the fruit yeah. is unbelievable, isn't it? Yes, it's very fruit driven. It's the, the the red fruit coming through in there. Now, that's straight um, from the bottle. So you're going to say to me, you have another little drop here in yeah. a glass that has been aerating. Uh, correct. OK, let correct. me let me take, I have my water here beside me at the moment. Yes. I have it every day with me at the minute. Mm-hmm. So let me cleanse the palate there and take a little drop as I swirl the glass here. Oh, it's a beautiful, deep, beautiful ruby color. red, oh, isn't it? Stunning. Look at it. Stunning. Isn't it gorgeous? Stunning. Here we go, stunning. here we go. Stunning, Jerry. Oh, my word. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's different. Different, completely. completely. That just shows you about yeah. decanting it. So you would say with this wine, open it up. Yes, for me, Jerry. Yeah. Now, the, this wine has been tried and tested from Inneskeen to Dundalk to <laughs> County Clare. So I can, <laughs> and I think the consensus without doubt was it needed a bit of yeah. time just to settle down. Now, it's lovely from know. the bottle, I have to say, oh, yes. too. But you yes. can just feel that... I don't know what, it's just opened up a bit more, if I yes, could say. Yes, it's, yeah? it's not quite as sharp. It doesn't mm. hit you. Now, now mm. some people enjoy it that way, you yeah. know, but it was just to demonstrate uh, uh, the difference. You could that drink that on its own. Oh, absolutely, Jerry. Absolutely. I could drink that happily as an aperitif. As we did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you are matching it with food, what, yeah. what do you suggest? Yeah, I think, you know, um, beef, poultry, yeah. Pasta, quite a, quite a range because as 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 fruity as it is, it yes. will cover a whole range. Yes, uh, and it's lovely. It's full body, but it's it it doesn't really feel like a very heavy heavy wine. You know? I want mucho mas. <laughs> yes, I do. I want brilliant it. name. It's Absolutely a brilliant name. Brilliant Nine euro name. thirty from uh, the. Uh, Boys and girls in first and last in Jonesbury. You say Tesco had this. It's out of stock, is it? Before I left, yes, correct. Before I left, I got, <laughs> I got from uh, Tesco. When I went back for gone. you know for today's research, uh, <laughs> it was gone. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, first and surprised. last heard it. Well yes, done to them. Yes, well done yes. to them. They have it there and they yes, look they after they you. Do. Let's move they on do. to our second wine, which is from the southern hemisphere. And I have not seen this country's name really pop up much in our wine feature with you over the years. Uruguay. No. Uruguay. There we go, Jerry. Yeah, we spoke about this. Ah, oh, I think it was about three years ago. And uh, uh, then the consensus was that with global warming, you know, countries further to the east, all they needed was one to two degrees increase. And we'll see more of their wines coming our way. And here we go. This is what's happening with this. This is what's happening, yeah. Wines now, they've always produced yeah. wines. Yeah. But uh, it, it just seems to be, you know, they're really, really competing on the international market. Now, the quality is absolutely 
superb. Tanat is the grape, uh, yes. which originally comes from southwest France, but it now is the national grape of Uruguay. Yes, it's just like Sauvignon Blanc found a home in New Zealand. Tanat seems to have found a, a home in Uruguay, and they've done absolute wonders with it. Their uh, volume produced now far exceeds France. Really? Yeah. Of this particular? Of, of Tanat. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and as you say, it's now accepted as the national grape. Bodega Garçon is uh, the vineyard. There's something unique about this vineyard. Unbelievable, Jerry. They have 240 hectares of planted now. They're actually much bigger than mm. that. But it's divided into a thousand plots. These are little postage stamps. And what they've gone for, uh, a word we've used so many times, terroir. And each terroir, each little plot, is unique of the microclimate, uh, the sunshine, the orientation of it, you know, the the the, the, the soils, yes. everything. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And what it does mean is that your the quality of your raw material is yes. gonna be absolutely top, top class. Has to be <laughs> we're gonna the taste best it, of yeah. the best. Yeah, we're gonna taste it in a moment. Um, the grapes as well I know are hand picked, so they're not damaged. They're very particular about that. Yes. It's a young winery. I just see the date on it here, twenty sixteen. Yes. Uh, it was started uh, uh, by an Argentinian uh, businessman, mm. Alejandro Bulgaroni and his wife Bettina. And uh, it was a dream. This is what they wanted. And uh, yeah, and off they went. And it's been absolute fantastic journey for them. Let's have a so, little taste. Again, you have this out in the glass. I have that out. That is the one now, Jerry, that's had time in it. Again, I, I felt this needed a bit of time. And uh, now it's a 2020, this one, uh, remembering mm -hmm. that the first one was a no vintage. So, Which will I taste first? Uh, the first one is, yeah. Straight yeah, from the one, bottle. Straight have from the bottle. This, yeah. um, it, it, it just seems to settle a bit better. It's so dark, this wine, I have to say. Unbelievable. It's nearly black, I have. Yeah. Isn't it? It really it is. is. Now, yeah. now, it's a totally different wine to the other one because... Completely. Not as fruity as the other no. one. No, Definitely no, no. Definitely not. Oh, no, 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 um, no. A lot more wood. Wood, probably. yeah. Probably yeah. oak. Oak. And, and, I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. getting that, certainly, from, from, from just directly from the bottle there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say this is... An aperitif. I'd say no, food with this. No, yeah? definitely, mm. Jerry. No, it's a 2020 as mm. well. So it's three years there. Yes. Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't recommend that. Mm. Now, again, from the glass, you can yeah. taste the subtle difference. Yeah. Because that has been opened as well. Exactly, Jerry. And it just seems to settle. It, it's got a, a smoother flow now, yes. a bit more velvety, not that sharpness mm. on, on, on the back of the throat. Probably, I, I love the tannins in it now. Yes. You can feel that touch of dryness yes. to it. Um, um, but it's still got a bit of acidity in the back as well. I, I just think it's a lovely balanced wine. And I think, as you say, with the pairings there that you mentioned, it would be fantastic. 18 euro, again, from first and last in Jonesborough. And it is 2020 Garzon Tanat Reserve. Uh, and it's 2020 is the other uh, Tanat grape. Uh, they're both lovely wines, I have to say, Rick. But I'll run away with the first one. I will Absolutely. run away with the first wine. Absolutely, I have Jerry. To say. And and the price is just you. You can't refuse it. You can't, you can't, Rick. Until the next time, we'll see you for the Christmas session. Thank you so much for joining me on the show again today. Always a pleasure, Jerry. Thank you, Rick. Jackie, great to hear from you, Jerry. I couldn't agree with you more. The Gardaí should be armed. Culprits in prison for long terms, and if they are in receipt of state payments. They shouldn't be taken off them. The deterrents are far too lenient, says Jackie. Thank you indeed. I had a chat earlier on with Paul Egan, who was in the heart of Dublin last night when law and order broke down. Let's have another listen to our TV theme.
This tape will self-destruct. Was it in 10 seconds? I can't remember the number of seconds, but I love Mission Impossible. Absolutely adored it. As we all gathered around, the one television we had, not a phone in sight, just love and happiness, food on the table, a roof over your head, and your parents working hard. That was life. That was simple. It was very simple. It is more complicated today. But really, there is an essence of simplicity that we can have at the heart of our living. There is for sure. Anyway, Ronan Coleman, well done to you. You win the prize today. You're going to Pontystown if you want to for the weekend. Tickets are there for you and our usual prize on its way to you. Thanks to everybody who got that one right this afternoon on Late Lunch. Now, let's complete the set of five now. Five, four... Three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this very week in 1997. And when I tell you that it is a Lou Reed original, he released it in the 70s. It was a big hit from from, uh, him at that stage. And he actually sings on this version too. It was released to promote the BBC's support for live music back in 97. And it came out just in time for the big annual fundraiser, Children in Need. And it went down a treat. Number one in the charts in the UK for three weeks. It's our number one today from 1997. A perfect day. Just a perfect day. Drink sangria. In the park And then later When it gets dark We go home Oh, what a perfect day Perfect day, the number one from this very week in 1997, concluding our top five countdown on late lunch for this week. And I'm working on a new one for you next week already. And we'll uh, do it this time Right about this time on Late Lunch, each day, Monday to Friday. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Final break of the afternoon and week on the way. As the news breaks there, you have heard that the uh, first hostages have been released by Hamas under the terms of a ceasefire agreement with Israel. So that is good news. Uh, people emerging from an awful time, I'm sure. But up next on Late Lunch, it's sport with David Sheehan. After attempting to bring forward Kildalki's club hurling championship match in Leinster a week ago and uh, causing bedlam all round, including to David Sheehan, we will put Kildalki hurlers in the spotlight first today, David. How are you doing, Jerry? Yeah, they're back in action, all right? They are indeed. Anyway, talk to me about them. Have they a chance in this uh, match? Oh, they have, yeah. I mean, they're playing against the Kilkenny champions, Thomas Town, who will obviously be be pretty pretty useful. But you have to remember that Trim went down to Kilkenny last year to Nolan Park and beat Dainsford, and I think they were mm. something like twenty to one outsiders in that game. And they put in a, a performance for the ages. There I was at it myself. I remember James Stower in particular had an absolute blinder and was on a par with anything that Kilkenny could throw at him. So I think they, they you know, on the evidence of that, there, there wouldn't be a massive gap between between me, the senior club hurling, and Kilkenny intermediate hurling. Of course, you have to remember that this is the intermediate uh, championship that that the Mead clubs are playing in. So um, I think they. They have a, a good chance here. They're back on home turf as, again as well in, in Park Halton as they were the last day when they beat Claudia Gales and beat them quite comfortably. But Claudia were missing a couple of their star men who were suspended. They they also had lost their county final but by dint of the fact that they lost to a, sec, a second string in, in Kilcormac Kalahi's second team, they went on to represent the, the county in the in the championship. So they maybe weren't as motivated as they might otherwise have been. But Kildaki still made fairly short work of them in the end and Paddy Keneally in particular put in a a hell of a performance was knocking points over from all angles and he got nine in the end bit of a I suppose a, a tinge of sadness about this game as well and the fact that Nicky Potterton's dad one of their yes. star players as well he he passed away uh, last weekend I think it was so that's kind of hanging over the game as well but like you know sometimes teams can kind of you know, use these sort of things uh, to not to their advantage necessarily. It's a sad time, but just to give themselves a little bit of an extra motivation to rally round. So I think that they'll they'll go into this one with a bit of confidence. As you say, they're back in Park Halton again. It looks like the weather's going to be reasonably decent. The pitch is in excellent condition when we were in there a couple of weeks ago and last weekend as well. So I think uh, I think Kildaki will give this one a good rattle. I wouldn't certainly call them outsiders at all. I think it'll be a close game. 
And again, it's just all on the day, Jerry. But I, I think they're in there in there with a the right chance, as as we saw with Trim last year. Anything can happen, so I wouldn't rule them out. And let's hope they can they can squeak through because it'll be a huge win for them to rest to it. Finally, you know. Oh, absolutely. We wish them all the very best against Thomastown uh, this weekend. Let's move to soccer. Uh, the Premier League is back after the international break. Thank God, I say. Anyway, the big <laughs> game of the weekend is the early game on Saturday. A lot of people talking about these two being the top two. Well, I can understand it with. City, Man City at home to Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool could go top if they were to win as well. So it just shows you know they've it's a, it's been a really great start for this, to the season for Liverpool. I think a lot of people after last year wondered if Jurgen Klopp had maybe lost that bit of a, a spark and if the you know the players that had left had, had been kind of irreplaceable and if they were on a little bit of a decline. But you look at the players they brought in, in particular Sabasley, who I think we talk, talked about before in midfield, he has been absolutely incredible for them. And you know, it's kind of a throwback nearly to the Steven Gerrard days. He's driving them forward. He's getting shots away. He's, he's really been he's been he's been so impressive in that midfield, and he's been a real star signer for them. Um, They've a really poor record at the Etihad. I think there's only one win in 14 there for Liverpool, so they obviously have have drawn quite a few of those as well. But they don't have a good record against City away. Um, on the other hand, though, City had that four-all draw before the international break, so their defensive uh, structure might need to be to be looked at as well. So it promises to be a cracking game, Jerry, as always between these two. You'd have to probably just give City the nod at home again. You know they're they're so strong, and Haaland looks like he's back fit. So. Think City will nick this one, but it, it you know it could be it could be a thriller here. We could have a three-two or something on our hands. But again, if Liverpool were to win it, it wouldn't be a big surprise, obviously either. But I think City will, will just about sneak it. But it, it, I'm really looking forward to it. Should be a cracking game. Arsenal fans will be cheering for Liverpool uh, this weekend for sure. Now the other two games that jump out at me are Newcastle against Chelsea on Saturday. Newcastle are sputtering a bit. Is that fair to say? Whereas Chelsea seem to be getting on a little run of form. Yeah, I think that result that I mentioned a few moments ago against Man City before the international break, I think that will will have done Chelsea the world of good. Um, it looks like Pochettino is slowly but surely starting to get a, a grip on things there and you know maybe starting to iron out what he thinks might be his best eleven because there's so many players that have come in there, not just in the close season, but last year as well. And the squad was massive. They needed to cut that back a little bit. And I don't think you know even Chelsea fans themselves knew what their best eleven was. So... I think Pochettino was gradually starting to get there with them. You know, they're in tenth place at the minute, but I, I would expect them to move up the table as the season goes on. Newcastle have been hit with quite a few injuries, as we talked about again before before the international break. So I think that's maybe part of the reason why they've been they've been suffering a little bit in recent weeks. Um, they've what they've won two of their last five. So as of Chelsea, in fact. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be a, again an interesting game. It'll be a packed St James's Park. I I think Newcastle will just bounce back and get a, get a win in that one. Um, but if Chelsea could get a win there, Jerry, that would really set them on their way and it would kind of build on that momentum they got off of the, the Man City game the last day. So, uh, yeah, it promises to be a really interesting one. I think Newcastle would just about make it. And the other standout is on Sunday, Tottenham Hotspur uh, going well. Again, a little bit of a, a blip lately against Aston Villa. Unai Emery, Arsenal's former manager, working the oracle there. This is the potential to be a hell of a game. It does, yeah. You know, we talked about Postacoglu before and how, how well he's done since he's come in. And Spurs, you know, they've they've lost their last two, actually. They were on such a good run and they lost their last two. That crazy game against Chelsea on the Monday night when they ended up at nine men and, and were playing up around the halfway line in spite of that fact. And they lost it 4-1 in the end, of course. But, yeah, I, Emery's done such a brilliant job. And, you know, Jerry, it just goes to show you, if you've got a manager that comes in and he knows what he's doing and he knows how to coach players and he knows how to set teams up, that will take you a long way because I think there's such a temptation now in the game that you have to throw money at everything. Now, he has signed players, of course, as well, but the improvement when he came in last year after Steven Gerrard was was immense and they went from being in the bottom three, I think it was, when he took over to shooting up the table. So it just shows you the value of a good manager and, and a guy who knows what he's at. It's still there. It's not always about, it's not always always about money all the time but uh, that does help but yeah again promises to be a cracking game Villa if they were to win that game you know they'd be uh, they'd be in, go back on a kind of a, a good run after a bit of a blip recently but just a point just behind Spurs in the table but yeah I, I think uh, I think Villa will win that one actually I think I think Spurs again a few issues themselves injuries and whatnot so yeah I'm going to go for Villa to win that game God you've been decisive with every match today it's wonderful to hear so Villa uh, no sitting on the fence here <laughs> no sitting on the fence Man City and uh, perhaps Newcastle in the other one anyway look we wish uh, Kildaki especially coming back to them well for the big game uh, the weekend are you on on Sunday? 
I'm not, Jerry. No, Sunday ah, off for me. Yeah, we'll Sunday. We'll have a few, a few, more, a few more shows before the end of the yeah, year. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Getting, get, getting towards that quiet time now. But no, nothing for for this Sunday. But I'll be back next weekend. Great, and we'll talk to you next Friday as well. Appreciate it, David. Take care. Thanks, Jerry. David Sheehan there, our presenter of Sunday Sport, rounding off late lunch for today and the week. Big thank you to all our guests through the week, to my producer Louise Walsh, couldn't do it without her, that's for sure, and to you, our listeners who join us every day. We love your company. Anyway, have a lovely weekend. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. We'll see you Monday, 1.30. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.